Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. I'm Sean Kreitz. I have a new guest in studio here with Pathways Alliance. He is the president. Uh, big welcome to Kendall Dilling. Thank you so much for uh, joining the program today. Thanks for having me, Sean. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Always love to get to know the people that we have on the show. Um, I understand Pathways Alliance isn't, you're based out of Calgary, but do you have any connection to Fort McMurray, Kendall? I've been to Fort McMurray many, many times over the years. I've spent 30 plus years in the oil patch at this point. Uh, originally from Lloydminster, kind of have roots in northeastern Alberta. My grandfather, in fact, loaded barrels of oil for Imperial Oil in Cold Lake and Lloydminster when they actually shipped them in barrels, <laughs> not pipelines. <laughs> so you might almost say I have uh, heavy oil running in my veins. It's been in the family for a long time. Very fun, very fun. And you're kind of on just like a little bit of a tour. You've gone through like Cold Lake and Bonneville, uh, Fort McMurray. Is that the gist of what, the visit uh, this go around? Yeah, for sure. So the project, uh, the carbon capture and storage project that we'll talk about extends from, you know, north of Fort McMurray via a 400-kilometer pipeline all the way down south to that Cold Lake Bonneville area, picking up CO2 sources along the way. So it, it really covers a pretty big geographic area. So been up here doing the tour, as it were, and uh, checking in with local communities and making sure that they're well apprised of what's coming down the line here over the next couple of years and hearing from them. Very cool. And you're with Pathways Alliance. You are the president. What is Pathways Alliance? Yeah, so Pathways Alliance, you can think of it as the association representing the oil sands. Our, our six members are the largest six oil sands producers accounting for you know, north of 95% of current oil sands production. And Pathways was created really about this net zero ambition. Uh, we all know that the oil sands industry has been criticized for having higher greenhouse gas emissions per barrel than some other sources of oil around the world. And you know, the CEOs basically came together and said, okay, it's time to address this. And we, we have the technology and the means. We just have to put our minds to it. But but it's too big for any one company to do on their own. So we got together, all six companies, pooling the, you know, our, our minds, our money, our talents, everything, to, to really bring the very best we have to bear on this challenge. Mm -hmm. And uh, the project that we were kind of referencing, uh, the carbon capture and storage project, can you tell us what that is? Yeah, so carbon capture and storage in itself is a very simple concept. Currently, our operations, as do heavy industry operations around the world, as do cars and planes, trains, automobiles, <laughs> they, they emit CO2 in their exhaust. And obviously, we know CO2 is a critical greenhouse gas contributing to the climate challenges that we're facing globally. And so um, Canada and many other countries are trying to figure out ways to address that. Carbon capture and storage is one way, and it's a well-proven technology that we have today that can, in a, in a very near term, without relying on any future technological breakthroughs, make a material impact. And so instead of letting those CO2 emissions go into the atmosphere, you effectively just capture them, mm -hmm. 
and put them underground and store them. So instead of them going into the atmosphere, they go into the geosphere. In, 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 in concept, it's that simple. And it is a well-proven technology. It's been done around the world. We're doing it in Western Canada as we speak. In fact, the Quest project um, just outside of Edmonton, majority owned by CNRL, one of our members has been injecting for the last seven years and uh, with great success. So these are pots and pans and pipes and wells that we, we know really well in our business. And it's it's almost a bridging technology, Sean. You know, Ultimately, we'll figure out ways to not create the CO2 in the first place, but that might take decades. Yeah. And so in the meantime, you have to address this climate imperative. And so CCS is a way that you can materially reduce em- emissions today with current technology. Mm-hmm. So would you say is CCS a, a recognized way to mitigate greenhouse gas emissions then? Very much. You know, even the UN and the International Panel on Climate Change, the kind of international body that governs this stuff, they have that all very clearly come out in support of CCS as a, as a critical transition technology. Because, and it's not just oil and gas cement, steel, potash, fertilizer, petrochemicals, power generation, all these other heavy industries have similar challenges and also don't necessarily have the toolkit to just stop creating those CO2 emissions today. So CCS is a, is a very important uh, tool in the global toolkit, as it were. And we're fortunate in Alberta to sit on you know, what's arguably the best or very close to the best CO2 storage reservoir on the planet. You know, we're used to thinking of this great endowment of oil and gas that we have in the province, which is obviously also amazing. But equally, we have this other endowment of CO2 storage capacity. And it's almost ironic, I suppose, that for years we've been pulling it out of the ground. (laughs) And then now the order of the day is to put it back under the ground and store it there, you know, permanently rather than letting it contribute to uh, GHG emissions. So I think you'll see a, a significant wave of investment coming in Western Canada as we develop the infrastructure to do CCS at a large scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of talk about Alberta, Western Canada. It's been talked about a lot here. Does it have the same traction maybe on like a federal level? Yeah, I mean, the Fed, federal government also recognizes it's an important part of the toolkit. The federal government in the spring of 21 released the investment tax credits supporting CCS, allowing companies to you know recoup 50% of the capital associated with these projects through future tax credits. So, yeah, no, very clearly they came down on the side of supporting and recognizing that this is a tool in the toolkit that we're going to need in Canada. And does CCS count towards decarbonization? I know you said it's kind of like an in-between between eliminating it, but does it count? Yeah, like from a sort of international standards perspective, very much it does. You, you, you have to have all the right measurement and monitoring and verification to ensure that, you know, every CO2 molecule that you say is going underground is going underground mm-hmm. and is staying there permanently. But uh, with all those checks and balances in place, uh, these are very much recognized as as legitimate decarbonization technologies. Okay. And uh, I was just speaking at your website, CCS is currently in the design stage. How far are we from this becoming a reality? Yeah, so in the Fort McMurray, Northeastern Alberta context, this project that we refer to as the Pathways Foundational Project is is still several years away from turning dirt, uh, you know, assuming uh, uh, that we get regulatory approval to do it and that we're able to work with governments to come up with the, the right fiscal framework to support this project. Uh, at the earliest, it would be, you know, later in 2025, 26 kind of time frame mm-hmm. when you might start. Uh, we have hundreds of people working on it right now, but I mean, this is a massive project, Sean, right? $16.5 billion. Uh, that would be 
if there's ever been a bigger project in Alberta, it's been a long time. <laughs> this is bigger than, you know, orders of magnitude bigger than a, a typical oil sands expansion that, you know, your your listeners would be more familiar with. So it's big, it's, it's and those big projects, you don't just throw the switch on them, right? Yeah. You have to go through that ramp up. So we're doing you know, hard at the engineering and the design and the regulatory and the environmental and the consultation with indigenous communities and stakeholders, all that stuff you have to do to even submit a regulatory application, which we would do later this year and then probably a year or thereabouts for approval. So again, that kind of takes you into that early 2025 timeframe before you would even have an approval and be in a position to start mm-hmm. doing doing work. Kendall Dilling on the show here. He's the president of Pathways Alliance. Just going to take a break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back, joined in studio here with the president of Pathways Alliance, Kendall Dilling. Now we're talking about a big project here. Do you know how much carbon can be captured and stored uh, with this project? Yeah, for sure. So our project, it's three phases. The first phase that we're talking about here would capture from 14 oil sands operations and consolidate that CO2, pipe it down south to our storage hub area, which is kind of south of that Cold Lake Bonneville area. Mm -hmm. That would be about 10 million tons a year of reductions in the first phase. And then we can expand that for subsequent phases uh, up to 40 million tons a year. So that is very, very material. There is no other project in Canada that could reduce emissions at that scale on that timeline, which is you know, also why the, the federal government is very interested in, in, in helping us advance this project because we've got these ambitious national targets as Canada, and you need projects like this to go ahead to, to mm-hmm. be able to make headway. Mm-hmm. And I'm not too familiar with uh, just the units and everything. So would that make... A difference that 10 million to 40 million that you were kind of referencing is that like a big difference so here's a reference point like in an oil sands context 40 million tons a year would be about half of all total emissions from oil sands so yeah this this is material it would make a difference uh, it's not the only tool in our toolkit we're working on a whole bunch of other technologies we got 70 plus technology work streams going on um, you know Hydrogen is going to play a role. There's a potential down the road for small modular nuclear to play a role. So we'll keep advancing these other things, but for sure, CCS will be a material needle mover in the context mm-hmm. of our net zero plan. Mm-hmm. And then safety is obviously a huge issue too with anything. Uh, how can you make sure that it stays that way, doesn't cause secondary issues uh, that could come up? Yeah, great question. And Frankly, you know, that's kind of the reason we're here, too, is because this is new, at least in northeastern Alberta, and so we want to give people lots of time to understand it. This this isn't traditional oil and gas, right? So mm-hmm. uh, we want them to get comfortable with all those issues. The regulatory approval process is largely focused on those subsurface safety considerations. And so, again, we're so fortunate here to have this incredible resource, this basal Cambrian sandstone that underlies most of Alberta and into Saskatchewan, in fact, down into the Dakotas and Montana. (laughs) Like, it is absolutely massive. In fact, you could build, if you built 20 pathways projects, which would be unreal, (laughs) you could store that CO2 for 300 years. Like, it is a, a massive, massive resource we sit on, which, you know, we're very fortunate. So, as we go through the regulatory process, it 
is largely focused on ensuring that we have all the right tools in place and we've done all the right assessment to ensure that that CO2 stays safely and permanently underground. This is largely reservoir driven. You know, CCS can't just be done anywhere in the world. You have to be proximate to the right storage okay. geology. And so, again, that's why we're lucky in Alberta. We have this great reservoir. We have a really sophisticated regulatory pro process already in place to ensure that all those checks and balances are in place. This reservoir is really deep, like a mile deep, and it's overlain by multiple layers of very, very thick cap rock and seal. So it's it's just absolutely I geologically ideal for permanent safe storage. Uh, one, one of the things just recently, Alberta's had kind of a couple earthquakes over the past year or two. How do you keep the storage safe from just like seismic activity? Yeah, and so again, seismicity is a big part of that regulatory process. It's a big part of the engineering and design. At a high level, these these projects are very low risk for induced seismicity. They're much deeper than, um, you know, the other hydraulic fracturing operations that you would have heard of perhaps in other part of the provinces where there has been si related seismicity events. Given the, the, the porosity and the permeability and the depth and the lower pressures of a CO2 storage scheme, it's it's really low risk in the big scheme of things. Okay. Uh, would you say this technology has export potential? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's three reasons, Sean, why you would make this investment in, in, in carbon capture and storage, because it is very expensive. Let, let me be, be straight about that. But one is, it's about future-proofing your current heavy industry mm -hmm. in the province, right? Oil sands being only one part of that. We know what a huge economic contributor the oil and gas industry is in Alberta. And if we can't learn to, if we can't manage our carbon emissions and, and stay relevant in a low carbon future where the world is going to be demanding a lower carbon barrel, and this is true across all of our natural resources, we have to transition to provide those in a, in a different way than we have historically. As you figure out how to do that, now you've sustained that base business for decades to come. I mean, we know the resources here. The, this is the third largest oil reserve on the planet mm -hmm. sitting under our feet here in Fort McMurray. There's lots of oil. We just need the social license to keep developing that and pr providing it, and it, that's going to have to be done in a decarbonized way. So that's the first reason. Uh, the second reason is once you have CCS infrastructure in place, it attracts a bunch of other heavy industry to come co-locate with it. You, you might be aware, your listeners might be of some big uh, petrochemical projects that are on the verge of um, going ahead in the Edmonton region. Over the last decade, we've historically lost most of those kind of expansion opportunities to other lower cost jurisdictions around the world. But they're coming back now because they need access to CCS mm. for their net zero ambitions. And so as we get this CCS infrastructure in place, you get a whole bunch of other industries coming to locate there. Um, hydrogen is a, you know, something we're talking lots about. That's a, an exciting and new low carbon fuel source that the oil patch can and should play a big role in. But again, it's dependent on access to CCS because you create that hydrogen by splitting natural gas into CO2 and hydrogen. Mm -hmm. And that CO2 has to go somewhere. And Today, without CCS, it just gets released into the atmosphere. Once you have CCS, you store it. Now you've got a clean hydrogen molecule that can go and serve these other uh, important markets. So that's one of many spin-off industries that can occur when you have CCS in place. And then lastly, to your point, they estimate that the global energy transition to decarbonize global energy systems is on the order of $150 trillion globally. <laughs> and Canada is a leader right now in CCS and hydrogen and a number of other technologies. 
And if we, you know, stay in that position of leadership, absolutely, there's a massive, massive market globally for other countries and industries who will need the expertise, the manufacturing, and everything that supports, mm -hmm. uh, in this case, CCS. So, yes, there's a massive opportunity for us to export this out of Canada. And we're just going to take our second break here. Joined in studio with the president of Pathways Alliance, Kendall Dilling. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back. I'm joined with Kendall Dilling. He's the president of Pathways Alliance. Uh, we're just talking about a big carbon capture and storage project. Uh, like Canada could become leaders in uh, the CCS technology. Is anyone else, anyone else kind of doing it like, uh, like you have projected here? Yeah, so it, it is taking off globally. Um, the Europeans uh, have been advancing a number of big CCS projects. In fact, they just passed a quasi-enforceable target in the European Union to have 50 million tons a year of CCS happening by 2030. <laughs> so that shows you their level of commitment and engagement. Uh, also understanding the opportunity we just outlined. The Americans just passed the Inflation Reduction Act that you've probably heard of, which is a huge financial incentive package for a suite of clean technology technologies, including CCS. And so you'll see the Americans going hard at CCS too. I would argue that Canada today is, is the global leader. And if we get out of our own way <laughs> and <laughs> advance this, we can, we can beat, uh, the Americans and the Europeans. And, and again, the oil and gas industry, like we're the ones, you know, for many, years now people have been thinking that the world's just going to leapfrog over oil and gas and move on to other s energy sources i think you know the german example if nothing else is a bit of a sober reminder that that's not as easy as people might wish it was and it's going to take a long time to transition away from oil and gas and and frankly the alberta heavy barrel has other uses that are never going to go away like asphalt for roads and petrochemical feedstock for plastics and all these things mm -hmm. that the world will continue to demand. So we see a long, long runway for Canadian heavy oil. If you kind of accept that, okay, it's going to be here for a while, then we better get at it and decarbonize <laughs> it to reduce the emissions, which is absolutely critical. Does this have like applications beyond just like greenhouse gases and in industry? Could like developing nations maybe use uh, it in some way? Yeah, for sure. So I'll give you one example of that. Um, director capture is an emerging technology that is is very important. And that's so when you pull CO2 right out of the atmosphere. So it's not associated with a heavy industry or a source of emissions. It's literally just trying to, you know, undo all the CO2 that industry has been putting into the atmosphere since the Industrial Revolution. And that's fairly nascent technology, but again, it's popping up around the world and it, it has to be co-located with CCS. When you pull that CO2 out of the atmosphere, you got to do something with it. And so we see uh, really great opportunities for CCS to support that technology around the world. Uh, that, that's all that I have uh, to cover here. Anything else that, uh, just about Pathways Alliance, uh, CCS, the project uh, that you want to add? I would just say these projects can't go ahead without a lot of collaboration and cooperation from a lot of stakeholders and parties. Canada's track record on big infrastructure in the last decade is very bad. <laughs> we have struggled as a nation to bring divergent stakeholders together to sort of advance these big infrastructure projects. Uh, our hope with Pathways is that, you know, to the extent that this the whole thing is being done to improve environmental outcomes, we hope that that will bring parties together 
It still does occur, though, in a local context. On the one hand, you know, you could argue that we're doing this project to improve global outcomes, but it still happens in somebody's proverbial backyard. Mm-hmm. And so working with local stakeholders, you know, we're, we're fully cognizant that while the development and the economic spin-off associated with these projects could be very exciting, Our, this project alone will create 129,000 person years of work during construction and then thousands of jobs in, um, in, in permanent operations. It's easy to get excited about that. I mean, this is the next big boom coming mm-hmm. in Alberta. It's, it's the decarbonization boom, and it's not a traditional boom because this is not just our sector. This is multiple sectors that are um, bringing on these kind of projects. It's going to create a lot of work and economic opportunity in Alberta. But people, your listeners know better than anyone else what comes with that, right? Mm-hmm. That's c- traffic. That's more workers into the region competing for services. So again, that's why we're here is to get ahead of this, to be do this in a very disciplined and, and, and uh, efficient way so that we can maximize the benefits while managing the the downside, as it were, with uh, projects of this scale. Kendall Dilling, he is the president of Pathways Alliance. Uh, very educational, very informative. I'm very curious just to, to see where this goes in the future. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on the program today. Absolute pleasure to be here, Sean. Thank you. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7.